everybody and welcome to the latest episode of my podcast in conversation with Nikki Aiken. These episodes focus on the important issues affecting people living and working in the two cities in my constituency, the cities of London and Westminster. You can listen to my podcast and all the other episodes in the usual places such as Apple and Spotify. As we emerge from COVID, one of my urgent priorities is to help people return to work safely in areas like the West End and the city. In places like the West End, if our working population does not return in greater numbers this year, then many other businesses are going to fail. Pubs, restaurants, cafes, uh, hairdressers, barbers, that type of service industry, uh, they will fold. And that is the last thing that any of us really want. Of course, employers have got a duty of care to their employees and they are, their employees need to feel that they uh, are safe to come back to the workplace. Uh, and I have brought together today some major office employers from different sectors in Westminster and the city to look at what more we can do uh, together myself as an MP, as the employers, but also what we could ask the Mayor of London and the government to do, what policies are, are required to support them, get more people back into work. Uh, hopefully during this conversation we will come up with a, a points for a recovery plan which I will then publish at a later date. So today joining me um, I have uh, Marcus Geddes, who is head of property at uh, London, uh, sorry, at Land Securities UK. Mark Longworth, head of corporate affairs at Linklaters, the uh, major law firm. Darren Richards, head of real estate at British Land. Dan Scallon, who is senior vice president of Brookfield Properties, uh, based in the city. Simon Thomas, who is the chief. Uh, executive of the Hippodrome Casino in uh, Leicester Square in the heart of the West End and Jace Turrell who is the chief executive of the new West End company which is the business improvement district that covers Oxford Street, Bond Street and Regent Street. Thank you all for joining me today. If we could just start by just going through uh, a few uh, basic issues about what you uh, are doing as individual employers at the moment, how are your uh, offices running? How is your team working? Perhaps I could start with uh, Dan Scallon on that. Thanks, Nikki. Um, so yes, as, as you mentioned, uh, I work for Brookfield. Um, we are we currently have about three million square foot of office space in the city of London and surrounds. Um, so together with about two hundred corporate staff, split between. A, a city office and a Canary Wharf office. Um, we've also got uh, 100 plus operational staff that have been keeping our offices going throughout COVID. Um, and I think, you know, setting aside what we're doing for a moment within our corporate office, I think most of the focus uh, on our side has been about how do we keep our offices uh, available, so available for any staff, particularly in critical infrastructure for our tenants, uh, working in our offices from, from March through to July. Uh, and a huge amount of effort gone into obviously meeting with each of the tenants uh, and, and trying to understand what their objectives are for getting people back, their timelines, uh, what's critical to them, 
and then looking at how we can obviously adapt space, not only in areas that we can control, but the areas that the tenants control within our portfolio. Uh, in, our, in our corporate offices, um, we've made a big push, particularly from, from the start of July, to make sure that our offices can accommodate all of our staff, um, which fortunately we have a large office space, so we can accommodate that, put in one-way systems. Uh, we've obviously put in you know, various barriers at, at desks, um, changed some of the lifting systems to, to reduce uh, numbers of people. And you know, pleased to report that you know, as of this week, um, you know, we're very much on our way to getting 100% of people uh, back into the office. Um, we've had probably through August uh, that's been ramping up to, to sort of 40 to 50%. Um, and, and as I say, uh, it's all very positive from that respect. Great, great, excellent. Thank you, uh, Mark Longworth. You're a, a, a company of lawyers. So uh, I'm sure you want to do uh, the right thing by your employee, employees. What, what have you put in place and how has it been working for you over the last six months and, and now returning to work? Thanks, Nikki. So, so we're, we're quite lucky as lawyers in that, in that actually a lot of the work we do is just looking at documents and, and, and responding to emails. So, so we've, we moved quite, quite easily and quite quickly into remote working. Um, and I think that means it's, it's potentially a little bit harder for us to, 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 to persuade people to come back into the office. We've got about two and a half thousand people in our office in London, um, in Moorgate in the city. Um, and, and, and in terms of the office environment, we're quite lucky. We, um, people are in offices um, already, so we don't have to deal with as much open plan as maybe some other organisations do. Um, we kind of said to our people at the start, you know, we had three tests for any return. It would have to be right for the people, for our clients and our business, and also for the community. And, when 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 the um when the pandemic was kind of at its worst, the third test, the community, the point was, look, we don't want to be taking seats on tubes that could be used by key workers. And 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 we've slowly adjusted that over time. And now we're talking about the fact that actually it's important that for our community where we work and the offices we work, the organizations that are around us and rely on our business, that we start to bring people back. Um, we're at about 20% at the moment, um, purely on a basis of if you want to come in, you can do. Um, but if you don't want to, or you have, you know, very lots of people have very legitimate reasons why they wouldn't want to come in, then then please don't feel any pressure. Um, and, and at the moment, all we're doing is saying to people, you know, let's talk about the benefits of being back together. Those kind of five minute conversations when you bump into people and that sort of thing. So that's that's what we're doing now. I think I, I think there will have to be a next stage at some point. Not quite sure yet when that next stage is or what's necessarily going to trigger it. Um, but 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 trying to kind of just reassure people that the office is set up in a safe environment and, and that anyone who wants to come in can do and, and then the environment is is conducive to working in a different way to being remotely you know be, being remote and not seeing each other in person as often. Um, absolutely great. Uh, Darren what's your experience at British Land? Well in a way I, I won't um, I won't go back over some of I, I agree with everything that's been said so far and, and similar to Dan I guess we've got we've got our own uh, office portfolio across London so we've got seven million square feet to look after so agreed with Dan you know making sure that's going to be open for business for whenever people want to come back that's a big undertaking operationally um, and then working and listening with our own customers the office occupiers and seeing what their fears and concerns are and making sure that we can advise accordingly so that's been that's been a big effort as far as our own people are concerned we've got about uh, 300 people in our head office building in Marble Arch uh, um, and from the beginning of next week, the 7th of September, we'll be 
in effect, a hundred percent back. So, so, and that's that's requiring quite a lot of planning, and quite a lot of clear communication with people, which we'll probably come on to. But um, we've been tracking much lower over the past couple of months, for all the obvious reasons. People have just picked up concerns over transport, etc. Um, but that's the plan to get the majority of people back in from the beginning of next week. And again, we put everything in, in place to making sure people feel safe mm. and making sure that is you've almost got to over communicate what you've done. You know, everything around the flow of people in a building, going through lifts, which is a which is a big issue, as I'm sure um, others on the phone who who, who um, on the call who are dealing with taller office buildings will know. All of that kind of people management and the logistics around that is an issue. But then also hygiene factors, temperature testing, all that kind of stuff, the use of PPE. You think very carefully about that, and as long as you're clear about it, um, from our from our experience, and I think this plays all the way up through government and the work that you're currently doing, Nikki, that that clarity of communication on what you're actually doing is really really important, yeah. and making sure that. that everyone everyone knows that that's the case. Um, that's been our one of our biggest learnings today, anyway. Thank you, uh, Marcus. Again, uh, anything in particular that you have found at Land Securities? Uh, that has surprised you with people coming back to work or are they coming back to work in your business? Corporately as and, and, and owners, not dissimilar to uh, Dan's and Darren's businesses in terms of, in terms of the, the scale of the, the numbers of people that come into our, our buildings on a, or should be coming to our buildings on a, on a daily basis. You know, encouragingly numbers are rising. I think we had the, the, the highest number of people through into our office buildings yesterday since lockdown, which is encouraging, but that's still well short of of where we'd like to be. I mean, normally we'd see 25,000 people coming into our buildings on a daily basis that we own and manage. And, you know, we're, we're well short of that, but the numbers are growing. But I think one of the big um, barriers to full occupancy um, is, is the, within the customer's uh, control spaces, the capacities that they can reach. Mm -hmm. Typically we're seeing that that could get up to about 30% um, on a typical occupancy. Now, if you've got, capacity in your in your floor plate and you've got space to grow into that'll be easier to manage but for a lot of businesses they'll they would have sensibly be looking to occupy space efficiently and that can often mean density and so um, there are there is going to come a point I think over the coming weeks as numbers of commuters grow again that that these capacities will be reached um, and that I think will could become a bit of a pinch point for for occupiers um, we are our customers are, are telling us that they want to be back to around 60%-ish um, office base by the end of September and closer to 80 plus by the end of the year, which is great. Um, and that is helped by the, the easing of travel restrictions. But I, I'm concerned that there's still a lot of commuter reluctance to that. And that is something that um, is really holding back the ground floors and the streets of London at the moment that, that I think we're all probably seeing too yeah. too. Absolutely right. Simon, you run obviously a very different business to uh, the other employers here. Can you just give us a bit of a flavour about what you're doing in the casino? Obviously, I guess you're a 24-7 business. Yeah. yeah, no, we're very much a service uh, to all of your office workers and we, we really want them back. Um, for those who don't know, Hippodrome is the biggest and busiest casino in the country. Six halls of gambling, um, eight bars, great steak restaurant and we've even managed to finish our three-tier outdoor terrace during lockdown and uh, we are open 24 hours a day. Uh, we were ironically opened by Boris eight years ago when he was mayor of London and then closed by him on the 23rd of March. Very nearly reopened on the 1st of August and then finally reopened on the 15th of August. So it's been a bit of a roller coaster for us. 
Um, Pre-COVID, we had 750 staff working here and 30 to 40,000 customers a week. Um, Post-COVID, I've got 400 people working in the building. Uh, obviously, the vast majority of our, our work is customer facing. So they're all back at work and actually really happy to be back. And we're getting about 15,000 customers a week. And again, they're all happy to be out. Um, it's our, our business is broadly on target for what we expected. The West End's sort of 50% quieter than it was. Uh, but we've got good, loyal customers and great staff. And we did open 24-7 from the day, for the moment, we were allowed to. And it was quite a bold move, but it's a necessary one. I think we're very much in favour of leading from the front and by example. And now we're open. The vibe in Leicester Square is very different. There's increased confidence. Smaller businesses are reopening. And the majority of my team is back on site. There are a few still working from home. Some meetings still being con conducted with Zoom for simplicity. But we can really feel how much better it is face-to-face. -face. The energy, the creativity, the productivity, the nuances, the conversations around the water cooler, so to speak. And I, we really do feel most people have had enough of being at home and are back and they want to be back to make sure their jobs are secure. Mm. Um, and we've been pretty good on our information flow, but nothing is compared to what we are doing now. And just picking up on the COVID stuff, we, we very much pre, um, approach it with treating it with care, but not fear. Uh, I think the one thing we've found is that the majority of vulnerable people know they're vulnerable and they don't come out. Uh, they're staying at home. The people who are out about in the streets are comfortable and relaxed, but they do appreciate the visible signs of care. And things like our chip cleaning, we're actually doing it on the gaming floor so people can see the uh, stuff that's going on. And all of the, the changes we've made, all the hygiene changes, uh, we have communicated them. Uh, and we found that people are very happy and they're just delighted to be back, bluntly. Yeah, uh, and it's, uh, the, the energy is amazing. Great. Um, so it's it's positive to hear that you know you've all got people coming back in greater numbers every week and hopefully growing over the coming months but i think what the message i've been getting from you but also through uh, jace at the new west end company and other bids is that, that there is still that reluctance for employees but also visitors uh, coming in to come into the West End and the city uh, because of concerns about public transport. Uh, what can we do? Do any of you have any amazing ideas or uh, views on what uh, the government or what the Mayor of London or what employers can do to encourage people that public transport is safe to use? Uh, Jace, do you want to come in here and then I'll go to the uh, employers? Sure, thanks Vicky, and also I can attest to Simon, it is a great steak restaurant at the Hippodrome, so get out there and support it. Um, agreed, I mean, I think this point about care and feeling confident, I mean, we've spent a lot of time with our other bids in the city, in the West End, making sure the public realm felt secure, so all the sanitisation, the queuing, I know the office employees are really thinking about that, uh, the shops, the restaurants, and actually all of our research, customer research, employee research, people feel safe when they're in and actually ripping that band-aid off, coming back to the office for the first time, it's had a really positive impact and starting to generate that momentum. But you're right, Nikki, everything we hear from all our research is transport, 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 and public transport and primarily the tube. I think it was great to see the commissioner yesterday setting out all the hygiene measures they're taking. We need to make it more visible, obviously. 
And I think what you've said before, Nikki, no one's expecting 100% back and we still need to live and manage with the virus. And I think we need to recognize we might be living with it for 12 months, you know, until we have a proper vaccine in circulation. So we do need to get social distancing, not the default. We've got to have really good track and trace and really good treatment because if we keep living with social distancing, we're never going to get these offices and other businesses back to where they need to be to support the economy. But if you ask what's one thing the mayor could do and the prime minister, it's a simple instruction, unambiguous and unwavering, come back to work, get back on public transport and support the city in the West End. Just to add to that, um, I think we need demonstration, not proclamation from um, particularly Prime Minister and Sadiq Khan. We actually need them to be in the West End and in the cities. We need them on public transport. It's great to see Rishi um, photographed on the tube as clearly a stunt, but I, they should normalise being back um, in circulation. And we also need to change the, the tone of the media. Everything is half empty footfalls down by 50%. Actually, footfalls brilliant. Footfalls over 100,000 people going through Leicester Square uh, every day at the moment and going up. Footfalls already back to 50% of what it was last year. And let's okay. get the media starting to be pop, to be cup half full. Um, so going back to um, our employers, Marcus, Darren, Dan and Mark, do you have any uh, views or any um, ideas about how we can persuade your employ employees, people who work for you, and those in other offices to come back that it is safe to use public transport. Do you want me to jump in here? Yeah. I think, yeah, I think through the piece, there's really been three barriers, I would say, to, to people feeling safe and wanting to come back. One is, firstly, to feel safe on public transport, given that, you know, there's still a large majority of people who can't cycle or, or walk or some other active travel way of getting to work. Um, the second was obviously childcare, um, and with schools going back this week uh, and early next week, hopefully that will that will release that that as a, a burden. And then there's the vulnerable class, and I think as, as Simon mentioned, um, they know who they are, they're sensible about it, and employers are, are happy you know, obviously making alternative arrangements for them. So uh, there's a small element of the population that, that probably can't be out on the streets and back in the office and that's accepted. And, and then the rest, there, there's an expectation um, that ideally the rest are back in the city and the West End. And, and there's a whole lot of reasons for, um, for that, for, for economic growth, um, but also just to make sure that we're maintaining London as, as the greatest global city in the world. You know, Absolutely. if we want London to be the standard for live, work and play, um, then we need to promote the benefits of that. And it's still very sustainable to get large volumes of people into central global cities. Um, the idea of having, you know, huge amounts of workforce out in the regions uh, has its own complications. It's a nice idea, but it has a lot of complications. Um, uh, the office is definitely a place that... Uh, has collaboration and is needed for, you know, enterprise growth for, for management uh, of, of younger populations. And by and large, everyone who's come back into our office um, has been surprised how comfortable the journey was and how much they've missed. Uh, yeah, I get that. Okay. Um, anybody else? Darren, uh, Marcus, Mark, any, have you got any silver bullets that's going to persuade everybody to come back? 
I don't, I, I don't, uh, I, unfortunately, I don't think it is silver bullet time, Nikki, but, but there's a ver there's various things you can do. I mean, we've talked about communication and clarity already. I mean, that's, that's super critical. Um, and one of the other things that we can do, and you, we can work with Transport for London, we can, you know, can, if, we, if we coordinate these things effectively, then it will help persuade people to come back in. And, and one example is just being flexible, for example, on how you get your people back in. So what we've done is, is people, A, allowing people to feel safe that, it, you know, once they get to work, but then, for example, kind of staggered flexible arrival times in your office. There's nothing wrong with that. You don't all have to travel in at the peak time. You know, and, and then it's, it's, you know, if you've got things like the app from TFL, you can see when those peak times are on a daily basis and you can kind of look, work accordingly. So, uh, we, by the way, we wouldn't have been able to get nearly 100% of our people back from, from next week unless we'd planned this out. You know, we can't, to, to Marcus's point, you just physically can't get the same amount of people in an office building that you used to be able to do. So the, the, the trick is we've got, we've got people coming in a minimum of two days in order to be able to do that. And it's quite a logistical planning exercise to get it working, but that's what's required. So mm. I think it's, there's a variety of things to do, but there's quite a bit more planning and communication with people, I think, are the kind of, of the key elements of it. Mark, what about you? Are, are there anything, is there any practical policies or incentives that TfL in particular and the mayor could consider? You know, you, you see in the media kind of talk about more flexible season tickets and things like that for people coming in on trains. And I think that'd be a really good idea. But actually kind of building on something that Darren just mentioned in terms of communications and Jay's mentioned about, you know, the fact that the new the vaccine, the, the magic fix, the, the, the silver bullet is still a long way away. I, I wonder if people aren't yet comfortable or know what the new normal, the next normal looks like. And, and they're therefore waiting to be told and waiting for, you know, the answer. And actually, if they can work at home at the moment, life's, life's quite comfortable. Obviously, there are, there are benefits they're missing out on from not being in the office. But, but, but until they know what the future is going to look like, why, why bother if it works now? And I think something that sets out, well, you know, a clear track and trace program, this, this is clearly how we're going to let people get on with their lives in a normal way. And then this is how it's going to work. And here's the, the science, whatever you have to back it up, I think would be really useful so that people can have that mindset change of, okay, so this is, we're never going back to January when everything was, everything was very different. And how, and how, and I, I don't know the answer, but how, how do we sell people what what next looks like and why it's okay to kind of go about your life as much as you possibly can marcus if you had the mayor on the phone now or, or on this podcast what would your message be to him about how we persuade more people to come back to work in central london uh, to me it's it's very it's clearly about um about the transport uh, because we we can make the end destination suitable for for and covid safe to work in and we can work with our customers who manage their own spaces, their own um, uh, occupied spaces safe for their employees to come into. It's the bit in between. We are, we are a commuting city. And so it's getting them from the safety of their home into the safety of their offices. Um, that is the, the key message. And, and, you know, stickers on my train today saying, keep two meters apart. Well, you know, that's been okay for the last three months, but you know, not now, not now. And, and certainly not as, as, as we, as we encourage and want numbers to build. I mean, that's just not going to that's not going to work because that actually puts fear back into people's yeah. uh, minds that well if I'm less than two meters away does that mean I'm going to end up in a hospital bed you know yeah. so 
some some reality around what we're dealing with here in terms of getting people from safety to safety and and, and managing the risk in between, but being sensible about it so that um, so that people aren't uh, in that anxious, fearful mindset that we were very firmly placed in back in March, April, and, and unwinding some of that fear, I think, uh, over transport would be would be the most helpful thing. And uh, Nikki, just to build on that, I mean, one simple way, practically, that could help, there's so much data out there, which you probably see, you know, being in government, Public Health England, it's almost like the pollen report, you want the daily update, what's the level where I live, what's the level on the tube, and what's the level where I'm going, and just that something like that, very practically, every morning might help alleviate and build that confidence to get back on public transport. That's a really good point. So I um, have come up with some ideas because I've been quite frustrated that it's all been fairly doom and gloom, don't travel, when we really need to encourage people to come back. So I've thrown up some ideas. I've written to the mayor and the TfL commissioner just suggesting some ideas, temperature checks, random ones you can't do it you know for the million potential million people that come into central london every day but if you could have some random temperature checks at stations if you could do um uh random testing of for covid on tube carriages on handles doors um whatever it's going to be uh if you find it hopefully you won't but if you do find it then you give the tube a a deep cleanse. Uh, they've done it in New York, um, which was fascinating for me, and they found no COVID. Uh, but again, if people know that it that it is safe, that there is no COVID, or when there is found, it's deeply cleansed, that's got to be a way. Also, incentives uh, through Oyster cards give people free travel, maybe for a few days, maybe a few journeys on their commute in. So that they have got that incentive to come in and try it out for themselves, maybe try it at different times of the day to see where they're comfortable. What's your view on those ideas? I'm just feeling that there's a bit of a vacuum, that it's all just about wear a mask, stay two metres. What does that actually mean? That's still not giving confidence. I would be interested in your views on some of the ideas I've come up with. Simon? Yeah, um, definitely on the, the, congest the uh, tube um, travel. The eat out to help out has been surprisingly effective for the government to do a sort of travel to help out uh, with discounted tube fares at certain times would be um, another nudge. Uh, and mm. if you think really everyone is a key worker in restarting the West End economy and the country's economy, so give them a bit of free transportation to get in and out again. And I think yeah. equally um, the ridiculous congestion charge increase, pushing it to £15 into the late evenings and the weekends when there's no congestion. Uh, that is a real negative for people coming in and also for the employees who are trying to get home uh, that have to drive in. Yeah. Late night economy, they drive in because there's no effective public transport when they're going home at 4 a.m. Yeah, um, so well, I've, I've actually included that in my, in my letter to the mayor asking him to pause the extension and do a proper evaluation of what is required uh, to protect air quality because um, the congestion charge is all about air quality and that's vital uh, but at the moment the extension is is really hitting business uh, the other gentlemen what do you what's your views on some of the ideas I've thrown out into the arena or have you got your own any views Mark 
Uh, Nikki, I was going to say, I quite like the idea of, of just giving people facts of, 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 of what's going on. I think there's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of people who don't know, and there's a suspicion that people who should know still don't know. Um, so, so, so being able to say, you know, the pollen report or, you know, this is, this is COVID this report. what we're finding. Yeah. And just, and just giving people that information and, and just reassuring people because it's, it's ultimately going to have to come down to hard facts that can't be questioned because there's so much comment, there's so much opinion um, that, that I think, I think that's a really good idea of just reassuring people, you know, this is, this is what the current situation is. Marcus, Darren? I mean, you know, busier trains, normalising it will be helpful. I mean, look at the, you know, holiday makers on their aeroplanes, you know, cheat by jowl. There hasn't been much social distancing on a two hour flight to Spain. And so, you know, and, and that doesn't seem to worry some people. So I just think sort of normalising that would help. And I, I agree on the, the eat out to help out, you know, the response of that. It shows that, you know, people are motivated by incentive and and, you know, free stuff um, and, um, and, and you know we should be trying these things whether or not the same could be extended to some of the public car parks in in the cities as well you know people people are reluctant or vulnerable and don't want to travel by public transport you know a lighter congestion charge and an easier parking um, fee things like that might might help as well. Darren do you want to end by giving us any other thoughts or views or ideas? Uh, no I, I well I haven't got anything to, uh, to add to what's already been said. And I think, look, and this is after us all, I mean, I think everyone on the call giving this a hell of a lot of thought. Um, but I think if you boil these things down, uh, this, this point about providing, communicating and providing people with information is critical. Because that, that, and it should be relatively straightforward to do. And that's, by the way, that's something we can do as well as, uh, uh, as, well as Transport for London and, and the government. So that, that's important. And then managing flow, as I think Marcus has just said, I mean, I picked up on it earlier, anything to give us more flexibility. You don't need to travel at peak times and people can use that information for doing that. And then if there is anything people can, we can do to make people feel safer, I mean, the, 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 your, your testing uh, example, it won't, it won't actually change anything, as you, as, as, as you know, but it's a demonstration. So and it, even, if it's a, even if it's just an explanation of what is currently being done to make people feel safe, I, mean, I think that those are the those are the those are the things to focus on, and I can't, you know, whatever. I mean, there's there's people more expert than I uh, on what what should be done in terms of um, running transport for London, but um, uh, and just over communicating what is being done to keep people safe because there's a hell of a lot of work that's been put into doing it already. Yeah. So to conclude, you think that some of the ideas I've come up with today, at least they are started for ten. Do I have your agreement? Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I will continue to lobby, uh, particularly the TfL uh, Commissioner and the Mayor of London to, even if they don't adopt or even half adopt my ideas, to come up with some other ways of um, in improving, increasing public confidence in using the public transport network. Uh, thank you for your time today. Thank you for all the uh, hard work you're doing to try and uh, encourage more of your employees back into central London. They are desperately needed and they are more than welcome. And I thank you for your time today. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks.